All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, episode 258. Big Zoo has a monster game for the Clippers. Drew thinks that there's finally a trade partner for the Lakers. We're going to let you know who it is. Can some of these players stop poking the bear? And there's a kid in Arkansas that you're not going to want to miss. So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips of Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 258. Uh, again, apologizing because it's been a little while since we dropped between my health and my mental health with my team, things <laughs> and Thanksgiving holidays. <laughs> we haven't been able to drop one, but we're back in we're back in the saddle. We're back in effect. Uh, we wanted to obviously drop a show today. And how you doing, Drew? You good? I'm good, man. I had a nice Thanksgiving week. I uh, played some golf on Friday and got to see a lot of family. And so it was good. It was a good time. Got to eat the turkey, which is the most important. I ate so much food on Thursday and Friday. It is. It's, it was probably unhealthy. It's pretty. I, I can guarantee it was unhealthy. But tryptophan really kicked in for your boy on Thursday, man. I got home after dinner. And like passed out on the couch. And I usually don't. I usually, you know, try and forge forge ahead. Uh, but I, I could not make it. My eyes were just closing. And I took a little little pre-sleep nap, if you will. But good Thanksgiving, man. How was how was yours? I didn't. I was home alone, man. I went home mm-hmm. on Monday to L.A. to see my folks and get my back looked at one more time. So just okay. to let everybody know, the back is perfectly fine. My yeah. vision <laughs> my vision is back. The eyes are healed. Yeah, we got to give health updates now. We got to get status reports here. Man, that's so sad, right? But <laughs> Injury back, reports on Clips and Drew. Man, I we, we went out to dinner Monday night, and then I was back home in San Clemente on Thursday. I just chilled by myself. I went to Trader mm-hmm. Joe's. I picked up some cornbread stuffing. I picked up the scalloped potatoes. I picked nice. up a nice bottle of wine. And I had a good little day, dude. I watched there some dumb shit on TV, college basketball. Oh, there's so much sports on right now. It's insane. Well, there's a lot going on, and I kind of want to start this show, Drew, with the Clippers. Okay? Shocking. But I do want to bring this up because <laughs> this is like – um. This is it's I know I said on a podcast a while ago how like I it's so difficult to be a Clipper fan. It's so hard, especially even everybody has been listening to our show for six years. The wave of emotions that I go through. Right. <laughs> and and most of these notes are from like last week that I was writing down for our show that we didn't get to record. But um, so we're bad. We're good. We're healthy. We're unhealthy. And so we're playing San Antonio, which you and I were joking off off camera here a few minutes ago it feels like the clippers and the lakers both have played san antonio 14 times this year because every time we turn on tv we're playing san antonio so anyways we have this game at home versus san antonio and it's the best game i've watched all season from the clippers i'm saying i haven't been excited once this year watching excited drew like ah damn we're playing really really good basketball right yeah and and that game was everything i wanted right the bench is live we are hitting threes left and right pg had 19 in the first half like he looked super mvp ish in that game Mm -hmm. uh norm powell's hitting threes reggie's back in effect and i'm like that's the team i've been looking for that's what i'm talking (laughs) about right and then we come back from halftime and they're like uh paul george isn't coming back tonight and i'm like wait wait what Wait, what? Wait, Paul George isn't coming back. Like, what's wrong? Oh, no big deal. It's just something with a hamstring. Okay, we go on and win that game. And then it turns out that now Kawhi and PG are out indefinitely. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Okay, yeah. we we have this great victory against uh, Utah, finally beat Utah. We've had mm-hmm. some good wins this year as far as like Cleveland. Uh, we finally got one against Utah, which was an awesome game. Um, and... I don't know, Drew. Now, now they're both out indefinitely. They're playing it off like it isn't a huge deal. Brian Seaman said last night that like, oh, the, the boys might be back this week. I know they're not going to play against Portland, but it's starting to really wear on me, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all the chatter that this is just, you know, just the Clippers luck once again. What do you <laughs> think, man? <laughs> well, look, I mean, it, at this point, it's pretty obvious the Clippers organization has decided to err on the side of cautiousness. And they've been doing this 
for throughout the treatment of both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard since they joined the team uh, with the hopes that they will eventually be both healthy when playoffs come. And it's clear that that's still their stance. And I and look, it's hard to blame them for having that stance, right? I mean, you you got to the first Western Conference Finals in in franchise history on the back of essentially just Paul George right at the end there and Reggie Jackson put in a great performance without Kawhi Leonard, really. And I think they know that there's still a shot, regardless of where you finish seed wise, as long as you can get fully into the playoffs for you guys to take the whole thing, at least on the Western side. The, the class of the NBA right now is clearly the top of the East when you when you think about Boston and Milwaukee and, and really even Cleveland. And you can throw the Suns in that mix as well. But really, it's just those three teams in the East that are really quite good right now. Everyone else is still struggling, still just kind of getting their groove going right now. And and it's crazy because we're you look at the standings and there's all these teams are jumbled up in that middle section from, you know, in, in the West, it's really all the way down top to bottom. Uh, in the East, it's really after the, th- the three seed. Uh, but when it comes to this Clippers team, I think this is this is obviously par for the course, right? This is what they do. Whenever there's an injury to one of these guys, they take extra steps and extra precautions in order for that to, to hopefully <laughs> wind up gaining them longevity at the end of this year. And it's frustrating because, you know, as Clippers fans, I don't know how many games you've been able to see both Paul George and Kawhi play, but it's not as many as you'd like. It's been like six, the- it's like 60 or something. Yeah, like it's that. it's a super low number <laughs> for the amount of years that they've been together on this team. Um, and so I think that's the part where, you know, injuries can be the most frustrating thing ever, right? Because you can see all the potential is there. And when they put it together, it's like, holy shit, this is a squad, right? Like this is this is the one. But they just they don't have the durability. They don't have that capacity to do that. And you can't really blame anybody. I think that might be the most frustrating part about this whole thing is that you can get mad about injuries, uh, but there's no real blame there. Injuries fucking happen, right? Like we've gone through this on the Lakers side with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, like the list is long with the injuries that we've had to deal with ourselves over the last couple of seasons, but you can't really be mad at the player, right? Cause shit I'm not, happens. you're right. right. And I'm, I'm, I'm not mad, but it's like, even, but it's frustrating you- because there oh. is no one to blame. I think that's the thing. If there was a blame, you could at least get your, fr- your vent, your frustrations at the thing <laughs> that you could blame, right? But injuries, there's no, there's no one responsible really for that. Yeah. And it, it, what's wild is like, even when Kawhi played last week or the week prior, yeah, last week, um, just what he brings to the table on the court, like rusty Kawhi was still getting four people on him in the paint, which yeah. is wild. And it opened up like we've been talking about. It opened up everything for our shooter. And yeah. let's let's we failed to mention that Luke Kennard's been out for the past like eight. He's got a calf well. problem, right? Yes. And he was the you know best three point shooter in, in the NBA at the time. But like Kawhi draws so much attention like he's done for us in the past. That leaves Marcus Morris open to hit the three and Norman Powell get loose. So. Anyways, it's frustrating because some of these games when you're not playing with, with when you're playing without Kawhi and Paul, like the game against Denver last week, like we got our ass handed to us. Like yeah. we, we have no idea what we're doing. And then yesterday, Ivisa Zubak, Big Zoo has one of the craziest games ever recorded, right? 31 and 29. This guy was an absolute beast yesterday. I've been very adamant the whole year that Zub has been our second best player, him and mm. Morris pretty much. And he's been the most consistent. He's been the most consistent clipper of the past four yeah. or five years. <laughs> um, and the stat line of 31 and 29 is just absolutely crazy. Monstrous. That's insanity. It, it, it was funny because I had to rewatch the game because I, uh, I was at work and I just kept checking my feet and I'm like, dude, does it, is this right? It's got to be a typo. It's, it's got to be a typo. <laughs> like, first of all, 31 is way out of Zub's character. And he was going off a big, he was, he wore his Croatia shirt, the World Cup game. Yeah. And uh, I guess they won that day as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not following World Cup. I know Drew I am, is. I am watching it. Yep. I'm stuck in it. I'm stuck in it for sure. I'm watching all those games. But the guys were so happy for him. They love yeah. Ibiza Zubak. And I, I I love Zub too. I don't think he gets enough love. Uh, we've seen him, you know, turn into quite a good basketball player. And he's been huge for us. Uh, just seeing the bench, the guys going crazy for him, giving him his props. But look, and I think also like there's been a lot of that Miles Turner chatter. And I know Lakers, Lakers are playing yeah. against Indiana tonight. And Zub served all of them. And I don't like, I really don't think I would trade Zub for any of the guys that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Really. I don't think I wouldn't trade I, w- I wouldn't trade Zub for Miles Turner, would you? 
No, 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 uh, not for the Clippers roster. That's not what you need. No, I, you know, there's there's a there's a case to be made for Miles Turner, right? Because the the ceiling is higher, right? But when you look at what Zubat just delivered, Turner's never touched those numbers, right? Oh. I mean, shit, only Kareem has. So, like, that's you know that, that that's one game, right? So you can't take that. You got to take that right. with a grain of salt. But I still think you know for for Miles Turner, the the reasoning behind that is is the stretching of the floor that you don't get with Zub. And, and the size that you don't get when Zub's off the floor and you go with your small ball lineup that can stretch the floor. But I don't think um, I don't think it would be it wouldn't make much sense for you to trade the center that you have to get another center. Right. Like it would be a, a, a the, the world would make more sense if you could keep Zub and then make a trade, package a deal to bring in a Turner or something along those lines. So you can you can alternate between those two. Right. And you can still have two seven footers that are that are available on the floor. And we've seen Miles Turner play as a power forward as well. So if you need to go super big, he can he can fit into that power forward role, too. So to me, I think also because you have a, a lack of depth at center and a, and a really a, a, a lot of depth at all the other positions, it makes the most sense for you to look at trading potentially a, a couple guards or wings in order to bring a, a guy like Turner in instead of trading for Zub. Yeah. And I, again, I, you know, I like to stick with my, my guys. I don't want to trade anybody unless there was right. something like crazy on the table with T man getting more reps and more minutes right now. He's playing really well. Norman Powell's finally getting his stroke. And look, I talked a lot, <clears throat> a lot of shit about Reggie this season shit being like, he has not been playing up to his potential to what we're used to for Reggie. Yeah. And uh, you know, on the, on my Clippers show, I have been bringing up like something's wrong with Reggie, but the last five games, Reggie's 18, five shooting 55%. He looks like the Reggie that we, that we've been looking for and wanting, yeah. but I also want this version of Reggie, this version of norm, this version of Mook with Kawhi and Paul George, because <laughs> as much as I, I totally get the, the resting, Drew, I get it. It's going yeah. a little overboard right now. I get, I know a lot of people don't know Olden Polonese. Olden Polonese is a, a former Clipper, but he's on Twitter. And he was saying that like, yo, this load management stuff like needs to stop. I, I was second in the league in rebounding one year and I played with a broken hand and like, I get it, yeah. but the players are worth way too much money right now. Clippers obviously the emotional stuff that I'm talking about is like, we get so amped like, yo, we have Kawhi and PG hundred percent healthy and yeah. they're still not playing. Right. Yeah. And then it's been 16 months. How long does this take <laughs> in? Uh, right. 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 And, and, and so, I don't know, man. I just think I definitely am not at panic button at all. We're fifth right now. 12 good. We have a decent record, but we can't play San Antonio every night. We can't play Houston every night. Exactly. Uh, well, so and I think that's the that's the thing that's the counter to the argument of Olden Polonese is like this load management has gone too far. Yes, it has, but you guys are still sitting in the fifth seat, so there's no urgency for you. You have a, a winning record. There's very few teams in the West that have uh, claim to a winning record. I mean, uh, there's nine teams that are slightly over 500 mm -hmm. or or better, but you happen to be in a great spot considering how many you know key players have missed significant amount of games already through this year. And so that's that's I think part of it is like you can rely on the strength of your depth, which is why you have all that depth and specifically for this reason is because when Paul George and Kawhi eventually, as we know, will need some sort of rest and, and, and uh, recoupability uh, time. Uh, it, it, I think the, the way that the, the league is playing out and the season in particular is playing out speaks to the fact that this is smart. It's a smart decision. Yes. Right now, if you had those guys and you're pushing them out there on, you know, 75, 80, 90% health, maybe you, maybe you tuck away some more of those games and maybe you're in the three seed or the, or the two seed, but we know that, that that shit doesn't matter. And games are so, you know, fast and furious throughout this entire season that, you know, a four game, five game difference can be swallowed up very quickly. Uh, so I think especially because we're so early and where you stand currently, you know, most of the people would point to the fact that other than Clipper fans, that this is a smart decision. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't like, do you think, are you worried or concerned about Kawhi though? Like, do you think I'm worried about this... both of them long-term I'm, mm -hmm. I'm worried about the longevity, of both of them, right? Like Paul George's leg, the recovery that he's had is fantastic, but uh, this shoulder and arm stuff, this, this is a tough one, right? You can set a leg together. You put some bolts in it and, and pin it together and train it up and, do all the PT and, and all that shit and it'll get better. But when it comes to shoulders and elbows and stuff, there's not a whole lot that you can do when that ligament issue 
so for Paul George, I'm pretty concerned about like the longevity of his career. And for Kawhi, uh, you have the same has to be said, man, because because of how long it's taking him to recover from an ACL, which we've seen players come back within a year of, right? Like it's not abnormal to have guys that are coming back a lot sooner than that, especially in other sports, right? Like you see ACLs go all the time and NFL football and these guys seem to be back <laughs> like super fast. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just think, yes, <laughs> is the answer. I'm worried about both of their careers beyond the next couple of seasons, certainly beyond whatever contracts that they have currently. And it's not, you know, they're not, they're not young ducks anymore. They're not no. spring chickens, obviously they're in their thirties. And this is when players, this is the air the you know, that roughly the age when players start to retire is where they are. They're, they're still on the early side of that. And they're still mega stars in the league. So that's not in the realm of possibility now. But when you think about what Kawhi or Paul George could look like when the time they're 36 or 37, that seems pretty bleak at the moment. I just want to be excited again, man. My whole mood changed. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get excited ever, man. They're, they're going to they're gonna be on the floor together. It's I think taking a little longer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all the health issues I've been having lately are strictly due to the Clipper basketball and what these guys. <laughs> it's like a voodoo. It's like a voodoo doll, but it's, it's the Clippers, huh? And, man, let me tell you, dude, let me say this. Having John Wall on the team, who's just been phenomenal this year, everything he's doing, yes, there will be a few bonehead plays, couple air balls here and there, but it looks like he has his step back. He looks fast as hell. He, he's got to still be top five fastest players in the NBA. The stroke looks nice. Yeah. It's just great to have him on the team and what he's been doing for us. But again, I want to see this version of John with our main guys. And, you know, we have Portland tomorrow, and then we have an, another one against Utah, which is going to be a tough one. Once the shooting, uh, starts happening, which it has been lately with Norm and Marcus Morris and Reggie and all these guys. Uh, that's when the Clippers play their best version of basketball. But on oh. the other side, of in the other side of town, your boy, your boys are putting up some numbers. They're winning games. <laughs> AD's AD's been putting up some monster numbers. There's been a couple uh, of course, gasps, gasps, like in the air when AD falls or whatnot. I thought he was well, hurt never going away yeah. ever, but when he slipped on the water the other night and fell in there, <laughs> I'm like, Oh dude, that's not the way to go. But what are you thinking right now? Russ is playing well. I know he had yeah. a, he had a crazy foul. Was it Zach Collins got him? I didn't even think it was a, as an elbow. Yeah. I didn't think he was, Zach was trying to hurt no. Russ at all. But damn, he cracked his head wide open. What are you thinking about your Lakers right now? Are you happy with where you're going? What are yeah. you seeing? Well, since the last show, I mean, we 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 beat Brooklyn. That was like right before the last show that we did. Uh, we beat Detroit, San Antonio. We lose to the only good team that we faced during that stretch in Phoenix by 10. Uh, but it wasn't a bad showing for the Lakers. And then uh, we beat San Antonio three times. So, so, I mean, like, like you said, we've, we've, we played enough of San Antonio and that's certainly bolstering our numbers right. uh, because three of the seven wins that we have this season are against San Antonio. Right. Uh, so that's helpful. Uh, so yeah, man, I, while we're on a bit of like, we won two in a row and we've won whatever, six, five out of the last six, six out of the last seven or so. Um, and, and it's great to see it, it. We're still, you know, I think a pretty far reach away from, you know, the top of the West or even like the middle of the West. And I think the record proves that, but certainly I think just our level of play in our roster uh, is still underwhelming, right? I think most Lakers fans are excited about how well Anthony Davis is playing. And I'd love to give that guy some credit because uh, we certainly voice our opinions when he's playing like shit. And I mm -hmm. have to acknowledge that he's playing his ass off. I mean, he's averaging 26, like 13 boards, couple blocks like doing it all and I love Anthony Davis and I'm happy to see him return to this level of play he's still not shooting his jump shot very well that's he's fine shooting. he's in the paint though that's where you exactly. want exactly that's exactly right and that's where he can that's really where he can dominate I mean that's the truth of the matter is very few guys can stay in front of this man on the perimeter on the elbow or on the block but uh shooting 21 percent from three is up from last year but the good news is he's not taking nearly as many as he has been in the past. The bad news is that it still doesn't look good, right? Like that's where, where, where we're at our peak is when he can stretch the floor for us, because then it opens the lane for LeBron and everybody else to get in the paint. And he's not there yet, but he is shooting like 83% from the free throw line, which is also significantly higher. That's than what last I'm, 
That's what I want to bring up, like his Uh free throw shooting and free throw shooting in general. Right. This is how you get the huge numbers. This is Mm -hmm. how Embiid gets the huge numbers. Giannis's numbers, if he shot 80 percent, would be some of the wildest numbers we've seen in decades (laughs) in the NBA. If this guy could shoot free throws better. But yes, shooting free. He had 14 the other night against Phoenix. Right. So. Uh, I think getting to the line and being able to shoot free throws, it's so underrated. People don't even talk about it. No, I know. And, and that's, I mean, if you think about James Harden's scoring records over the years, half of that shit was free throws. That's part right. of the reason we, we hated watching him is because he was going to get 20 free throws in a game. Oh, I have, uh, I have a Harden thing we're going to talk about here in a minute. Okay. I want to bring up, but anyways, continue with you also drew, you also got now as a Laker fan, you got your first take of uh, Patrick Beverly foolery. That yeah. game, you finally got some. What was your t- what was your take on that? I think really quick. I think Booker. You know, I don't like Phoenix at all. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a Booker guy, even though he's killing this year. I don't like Phoenix, but he did have some validity to what he said. You know, Pat's got to stop shoving people in the back and yeah. got to push him in the chest, right? Well, you you should. And I thought yeah. the funny the funniest part of that push was how Chicago. Pat was after he pushed that his head was on a swivel so quick Just, waiting for the where's it coming nobody came by the nobody way nobody came. came nobody came for him by the way I was totally waiting for somebody to run in there and he was waiting for it obviously but nobody nobody even like jogged over he to wanted him. it, was, it. He, yeah, wanted he wanted the smoke he, was, he knew what he was doing <laughs> uh this is a very this is like a quintessential Pat Beverly move right here and I love him for it uh and this is this is the part of like team aspects of games where you need a guy I've, I've probably said this a hundred times on this podcast, but every single team needs at least one dude who's willing to do that when, when, you're, when one of your teammates is getting stood over by a, you know, an opponent, right? Like Austin Reeves is on the ground and DeAndre Aiden's like staring him down like you know, he just knocked him out. Or he something. went out of his way to, stare, to yes. like stand over him. Yes, and Austin mm-hmm. Reeves is a good fucking player and I get why he's going to catch some of those uh, during the course of his career. It's just going to happen. He's going to get uh, that that is going to happen to him because he's good and he doesn't look like he should be good. And he puts people on skates sometimes and they don't like that shit. Nobody likes being put on skates, but that's not what happened in that play regardless. Um, but when that happens and and for instance, the opposite could have happened. Nobody could have rushed to his aid and they would have just like dogged him and then he would have had to get up off, off the floor by himself. I love having a teammate in Patrick Beverly who's willing to say, no, nah, fuck that. Like, and granted, he could have done it a little differently. He could have pushed Aiden in the back, uh, but he did what he did. He stood up for his teammates, and that's something that I will always appreciate. But the ejection is, you know, that's fair. The suspension uh, seems a little heavy to me, but they said that they would take, they took into account previous actions of Pat. That's what it Beverly. is. It's history. Dude. And that's, that's also not very fair, right? You're supposed to take every action as it comes across. Like, but I, I understand this could be a cumulative effect. Uh, but the last thing I want to say is that DeAndre Aiden went down like a sack of potatoes. He did. And the World Cup is on, and these guys are taking notes because that was a soccer dive, if I've ever seen one. Pat Bev shoved him in the back, yes, but he just like fell down, uh, just like like immediately. Didn't like he could have definitely rode that out and stood up on his feet. And don't get me wrong, Pat shoved him real good, but I mean he just went like this, like he had no legs anymore, just went poop right over. And so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Aiden was probably waiting for it, if I'm being honest with you. But and and he got what he was waiting for from Patrick Beverly. Uh, I love it. I you know, and this is the stuff where Pat sometimes crosses the line. But a shove like that that doesn't result in injury, I'm I'm down for. When he does the stuff that could potentially injure a player, that's where he crosses the line. Like with the Russell Westbrook stuff in the past. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love Patrick Beverly. I love Pat Bev, but I'm pretty sure he's having legit the worst i think he's the worst offensive player in the nba right now statistically like it's horrible Yeah, i think efficiency wise we have like two guys at the very bottom of the list and he's one of them man he's averaging like four points a game he cannot hit the broadside of a barn from three right now and that's where we really needed him that's what we talked about him contributing on the offensive end we know his contributions are not always stat line but that's a stat that fucking matters for this team and we need him to hit the open shots when they rotate to him and he's available yeah, I think coming into the season, he's he was statistically your best or percentage wise, your best yep. three point shooter. For a career, he was at 36, roughly 36% coming into the season. And this whole season, he's been below 25%. Do you still want to trade Russell, even though Russell is playing really yeah. well? I know I brought up, I had to text you the other night about the rock the baby because it's a real thing. Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. a real thing. Did, did you look into that at all, Drew? 
I do. You know, I try to ignore that shit when it happens. I don't I didn't look into it. No, uh, I try to I try to close my eyes when he does it. Uh, but he did. He so he he also got jacked up pretty good by Zach Collins. We brought it up. That was it was a forehead splitting elbow. And that happens from time to time. I don't think that was actually intentional. No, even though Westbrook certainly felt like it was. Uh, I've, I've had my nose broken just like that where the player's arm was just coming down after he was landing from a jump. And my nose was snapped and I was, you know, <laughs> luckily it was at a practice. And I didn't have to play the next day or anything like that, but I just had held a tissue to my nose while my nose was bleeding on the sideline, waiting for the practice to end. So I, I think that one was a pretty natural uh, reaction that ended up in a really bad result. Hit him right on the, right on the spot where there's like literally nothing else, but skin cracked it open and it looked really bad, right? It looks, looks real bad when that blood comes streaming down, but really he just put like one bandaid on it and he was fine. Uh, Russ is playing well. It was something we talked about in the last podcast as well. Is like his role coming off the bench for him seems to be suiting him. We're giving him carte blanche with the second unit. Uh, he's still leading the Lakers in assists, which is, you know, interesting. Uh, I think our assist numbers are pretty poor uh, NBA wise. If you look across the league, that's something that I'd love for us to do more of is move the ball and, and have those uh, those plays lead to assists, direct shot attempts. Uh, but uh, yes, I still think Russell Westbrook should be traded. Uh, I think something that I've been sitting on for a long time is this possibility of the Charlotte Hornets trade potentially working its way out somehow or another where we get Hayward or we get uh, Rozier or we get something like that. I think that's in the books. But I, the one that I explored most, most recently on the trade machine as I was tinkering around this weekend was Miami. And the reason I think that this could be a good one is, is actually for Miami just as much as it is for the Lakers to get off of Russ. But the thing that we need more of is shooting. So the, the trade that works in the trade machine is Russell Westbrook for Kyle Lowry and De uh, Duncan Robinson. And now that's a trade that I think should be really intriguing to both sides. Uh, the reason being is Kyle Lowry is not the Kyle Lowry that Miami <laughs> signed up for when, when he joined the squad, right? Like he's definitely older uh, he can't move at that pace. You saw him huffing and puffing. I think it was the last game. He was he was doggone tired at the end of that he game. He looked dead. He looked and, like he was about to die. Yeah. <laughs> and and guess what? The Lakers don't run that hard. And we don't have a body fat thing. Like, we just don't. We don't True. do what Miami does. <laughs> uh, and Russell Westbrook is all about that shit, right? Like, yes, maybe he would be a defensive liability in ways that Kyle Lowry is not. But it won't be from lack of effort. Um, I think there's something about the Miami Heat culture that he could really thrive with. And I don't know that, I mean, really the conversation needs to be had with Miami and like Jimmy Butler uh, and obviously Spo in the front office. But, but I think Jimmy would be like, it could be the bridge that we need to like make a trade like that happen. The money works for that. And the Lakers obviously need Duncan Robinson shooting, although he's been struggling for the last, since he signed that contract mm -hmm. uh, for Miami, he hasn't been the same kind of player, but in this Lakers system, all he really has to do is catch and shoot. And that's what he's great at. Uh, so I think that's a potential trade that could work. And again, the reason behind this is because right now, even though Russell is playing better and playing well and the Lakers have won a few games, this roster construction is not playoff strong. It's just not. It's and, and not even close to contending for a championship. With Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson and then, and then shifting some of those players to our second unit, and having those guys in the mix, that could really do something for us. Lowry doesn't need to operate with the ball. We can have LeBron James bring up the ball like we normally do. we got to work at that in and out. And Kyle Lowry's still a good freaking shooter. I mean, again, he's, he hasn't been the same player since he got to Miami, really. But I think there's a, there's a potential thing that could work for both sides with that trade. I don't know what you think about it. I'm just uh, Miami's underperforming and they're not yeah. as sexy as they used to be. And I think they yeah, they're 10 and 11 right now. And I think they're sitting in the 10 seat. This is, this could jumpstart both sides, I think potentially. Yeah. I, and I think in Miami, I think Russ would thrive. I think him and Jimmy might, but those, again, those two super alphas, right. And Jimmy doesn't fuck around. I think Jimmy would love to have Russ, but there's, there would be some guidelines going into that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, there's, I mean, so now that the door is open for Russ to come off the bench, there's a potential move for Miami to do the same thing, right? Like Miami could push Russ to the second unit if they want to do it that way. Uh, but, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, uh, because I, my, I think in my estimation, I would put Hero in the starting lineup 
and, and then try and get <laughs> Russ to come off the bench and lead the second unit for them the way that he's doing for the Lakers. And then you can have those guys come in and out, like rotate through. And Jimmy doesn't need the ball in his hands to bring it up. That's the one thing for sure. And I think Russ, it, you know, what he what he does lack uh, offensively uh, is a shooting. It, obviously, his shooting is not great, which is it's back down to normal numbers, 30 percent again. Uh, but uh certainly he'll he'll drive to the basket and kick it out like uh, he he's willing to do that and his, his assist numbers show that sometimes he will shoot the ball when he's not supposed to or he's guarded too heavily in the paint he'll he'll miss a layup or six during the course of a game <laughs> <be> a <laughs> but at the very least he'll also kick it out as many times as he tries those ridiculous layups and that could be uh something that 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 the, that the heat need i just think they need more energy i think they need a little more youth uh, and when you think about what Russ does versus what Kyle Lowry brings, I think that is exactly what that is, right? When you look at that. Yeah, but so you'd want this version of Russ is working, right? This coming off the bench, it's working, I guess. But what if you took if you took on what is that Duncan Robinson contract? What is that? Well, the money works out. The money works out right now for that trade for Russ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan, I have it right here. Duncan's got sixteen over the next four years. Kyle's got one more year after this at 28. Mm. So mm. we're actually within this trade for this season, we're gaining $2 million by trading Russell Westbrook away and getting these two back. If this was to work uh, and you know, who knows? I, it, it most likely it won't fucking happen. And, <laughs> and we're probably going to end up with Russ uh, for the year, but look, I, I think there's a positive here. And I think that's probably what you're alluding to about asking me whether or not I still want to trade him. I, the answer for me is yes. But there is some growth to be had with this, right? If, I mean, Lonnie Walker continues to play well. Austin Reeves continues to play well. If some of these other guys can pick it up uh, and we can find an eight, a really a tight eight or nine man rotation that really works. I mean, you know, during the regular season, you'll go into 10, 11, 12 sometimes. But if we can find that and then strengthen those, those rotations, get those guys consistent minutes, and that means everyone's staying healthy as well. There is room for this to get better, but I just think the ceiling, even at its best, at its peak, if all these guys are playing perfectly well together, uh, you can't count LeBron and Anthony Davis out, but I think the best we can do is a middling Western Conference. And that's, that is the best outcome. And right now, we're not even close to that. Yeah, I, I, Thomas Bryant played his first game finally, and he looked great. <laughs> great in his first game right like yeah. he hit his first four or five shots but then there was one point in that game where it's like dude it's thomas bryant it's wenyan gabriel it's kendrick nunn and you're looking at this you're like this is not this isn't a real team this can't right. be a real team right so it's still up in the air you'd like you'd like to get something for for russ maybe yeah. miami will work yeah um, this is just one of the options i mean look we've been through since russ has, has joined the squad we've been through literally every team i feel like we've been through we have what can any team provide the Lakers and who wants Russ, right? We've done that game for a year and a half. It feels like, so I just, you know, I think that's never going to end for me until he, his contract is up. And then of course, fingers crossed the Lakers don't try and resign him for some reason. Uh, But something interesting that I did want to bring up in the Lakers before we close it out while we are playing well. And while we do uh, still need some, some additional pieces, there is some noise that we're going to offer miles bridges a contract. I heard that. And I don't know how I feel about it. I still don't know how the NBA is going to react to something like that. Uh, and as far as I know, he's a restricted free agent. So whatever we offer him, uh, Charlotte would still be able to to match. Um, but that is a potential asset that we could gain. And if we sign him on like a super minimum deal, it was something that I said was pretty cutthroat when we talked about it. Like any team, we were thinking maybe Detroit would offer it. Maybe Charlotte would offer him something small or whatever. But uh, that is a potential. Uh, and but, you know, beside, besides the extracurricular aspect of Miles Bridges, the basketball player Miles Bridges would offer us something pretty su- substantial. It's still another non-shooter, though. And no, you know- but it's not because he's really improved, Clips. You remember the last two seasons, his, his three-point percentage has gone up pretty tremendously to the point where, you know, I think he was close to, he was in the upper thirties last year, if I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and what he ha- has excelled at in those two years is, is the catch and shoot aspect, because like, like what the Lakers have with a couple of our attacking players to the rim, Charlotte has that with LaMelo and Terry Rozier. And so he was getting kick out, shoot catch and shoot threes and was nailing them at a, at a good rate. And that's really all we fucking need. <laughs> so you'd want miles bridges. You'd want to, you'd want to make a play for miles. 
as a player, I think he would add a lot to our squad. Um, as you know, a publicity aspect, I the answer is no, right? I would love to stay away from them uh, after what has has happened. Uh, but if we're talking purely in a vacuum as a player, we we can't get much more. We can't get many less wings. Wait, like we, we we're out of wings. We got you know, Wingstop had a crisis. The Lakers have a wing crisis right now, and yes, we desperately need well, a guy who can. <laughs> the Clippers are the wing starter level basketball on the wing. <laughs> we coined the the Clippers coined the wing stop. I mean, we got plenty of wings, but we Lord just don't the, have anybody. Lord of the wings, I think, right? Lord yeah. of the wings, but we just you don't have anybody we would want, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's no exactly. So exactly, that's what I mean. So like, and there's not a, a lot of six eight, you know, decent starter level basketball players available in free agency right now, right? So like, when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, well, shit. Maybe we bring them in, but, but again, extracurriculars, I would love to us for us to avoid that publicity. Uh, but you know what, when, when you're in 13th and the only two teams you're better than is Houston and San Antonio, uh, you start looking around. Uh, we're going to talk about Houston in a second. I want to, I want to ask you a question. I want to bring something up and tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I had a long conversation with somebody last night about it, but watching league pass, you know, I'm always watching Luca. Okay. I've watched every one of Luca's games. Yeah. We all love to watch Luca, right? And I heard a crazy stat the other day. And mind you, the percentages have probably gone down in the past two games. 91% of his buckets, his points, 91% are unassisted. Okay. Yeah, because he has the ball. That's okay. <laughs> that's what's that's what's crazy. He gets his own buckets, but 91%, meaning that, you know, ain't nobody passing Luca the ball. Luca's just getting buckets. But is is this Luca watching Luca? Is the, isn't this Houston Harden? Yeah. Isn't this Houston Harden all over again? And we hated Houston Harden, right? Yeah. And it's legit the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's dribble, dribble, yeah. shoot. It's dribble, dribble, get to the line, complain about a bucket, get to the free throw line. But am I wrong for saying this? But And why do we like this version, the Luca version, more than we like James Harden? Is because we just don't like James Harden? Yeah, that's interesting. Um I don't know why we like it more than the James Harden version. I, that, that's that's very interesting. But you're right. There's a lot more tolerance for it right now than there was for James Harden. I think James Harden's thing became old hat because he kept doing it for so long. Perhaps for Luca, you know, it's it's just a new fresh face. I think his age obviously plays a component into that. And when you start looking at him compared to the, the greatest to ever do it at his age, he's like he, he's outdoing everybody. And so, mm -hmm. that, you know, there's a newness factor to him. I think there's also a likability to Luca that that doesn't always translate with Harden. You know, Harden was uh, relatively closed off and kind of too cool for school at times. And I think Luca just kind of always has a smile on his face, interacts with the media a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, there's also like the fact that Luca's white. I mean, that also probably would, <laughs> would, would key in on, on something there. I would say a couple of our colleagues at basketball news might point to something like that too, mm -hmm. uh, which can't be ignored. Uh, but you're absolutely hitting the head on, uh, of the nail here because, I mean, dude, as, as, as recent as when he was drafted, the first player that I thought of when I saw him is James Harden. It's very similar, the way that they operate. I mean, shit, dude, if James Harden was 6'8 instead of 6'4 or 6'5, imagine what he would have done with those numbers. And That's in kind Houston. of what the only argument when I had this conversation mm -hmm. was like, they're two different sizes. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not what I mean. It's the same basketball. It's the I same mean, exact basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think sometimes with with Luca, at least they they f <laughs> they pretend to run plays. I guess I don't know. Sometimes, Drew, watch. Sometimes watch. it's not just Luca at the top. The way that James Harden would just wait for Capella, he would like dribble the clock down to like twelve seconds, and then wait, have Capella come up, and then do their thing. I think with Houston or with Dallas, at least there is like a an attempt to run around and like have some sort of motion offense that uh, maybe Houston didn't have as much, but it is interesting. Cause I do think people like him more, but I, I, I think what it will do is it'll wear out relatively fast, right? The same way that it wore out with James, right? We were in awe of what he was doing there for a couple seasons in Houston, but after a while, we're just like, fuck, this is boring. I don't even want to watch this. And I think that might happen with Luca relatively fast. Yeah, I mean, watch watch a Dallas game, Drew, and just see if there. I I I try to even go back and think about this. Have you ever? Have we ever seen like Reggie Bullock Bullock hit Luca in the corner for a three? It never <laughs> happens, right? right? And the well, it's funny too because even his game winner that I think that was against the Clippers, 
where he hit that that super launching mm-hmm. one. That wasn't a pass. It was like off a rebound, right? Like it was, it was off, off a fumbled pass, off of like a de- de- deflection, and he just grabbed it and shot. That was the first time we've seen him have a catch and shoot opportunity. Right? Day. It's so <laughs> wild, man. But I was just thinking, like we love, we're in awe of Luca watching him. But it's legit the same thing. Yeah. And while he does have shooters around him with Bullock and with uh, DFS and. Kleber and all these guys they just got rid of Compazzo and brought in Kemba Walker today which is going to be it's going to be interesting because I like Kemba I would love to see you know Luca have a little help with not being so uh heliocentric and just being Luca you know but we I don't know what to expect from Kemba Kemba hasn't worked in the past three years right yeah so do you think it's a good move for them I think it's fine. You got to test out Compazzo's. I mean, he is what you know what Compazzo is. You know what he mm-hmm. can bring to the table. There's there's potentially more offensive ability for Kemba within this roster and this system. So I, you might as well take a look at it, right? Because I don't know who's going to pick up Faku, and you might be able to pick him up later in the year. He might just be sitting there waiting for another call. So yes, test it out, see what's up. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah Thomas comes through. You know, it, it's just that kind of a realm for where Dallas is right now. They're going to look at available guards that can attack that can take the ball out of Lucas hands at times. But I do think regardless of who's on Dallas and who has the ball, when Luca doesn't have it for that 9% of the time, he, the effort has to come from him in order to get those shots. He can't just stand there and expect someone to just, you know, him just get an open shot. And then, and again, that goes back to the Harden thing too, is like when you are off ball for those brief moments, fucking make a cut, maybe, maybe cut somewhere, maybe fade to the corner maybe pop up, maybe go around a couple screens, but that also has to do with the coaching and all that stuff too. So I don't know, you know, I'd rather have the ball in Lucas hands than anyone else's. And I think that's probably what Jason Kidd is going with. He's like, look, man, we might die on this ship, but you know, I'm going down with, with the, with Luca being the guy in, you know, in control of the wheel. Right. But uh, I think there is a level of like when, when Luca can finally trust some of these other guys he doesn't to, to, at all you can I, see well, that on his face right like Dinwiddie he really should and that's right. something we talked about on here not too long ago as well is like Dinwiddie's the guy that that has de- demonstrated not just with Dallas but throughout his whole career that he knows what the fuck he's doing out there mm-hmm. and I think that needs to start Luca needs to allow for for Dinwiddie to handle it more and then and then play off the ball which is obviously something he's not necessarily used to but um yeah I think Kemba the, the exploration with Kemba makes a lot of sense uh, there was a game, it was the other night, uh, Dallas, and it was at the end of the game, they were down two or whatever it was. And everybody in the arena knows where the ball's going, right? Like it's going to Luca. And he was, he, he got the ball, he started the offense, and then they just didn't know what to do. Dwight Powell threw it away. Somebody wasn't in the right spot. And you could see he was pissed off. Like he was walking to the locker room, so upset. And we want, uh, I think James Harden got more players around him definitely than Luca has right now. But it'd be so nice for somebody to want to go and play with Luca, right? Like, yeah. why is anybody talking about Bradley Beal anymore or anything like that? Do we bring yeah. this guy in? You know, like if they're gonna if they're gonna make this stretch for Kemba, like why not just go all in? Because the window is smaller now, right? Yeah. And you have to be able to shoot. Shooting is the most important thing. And if your guys aren't doing it, then, you know, you were just wasting away with Luca, right? Like it's fun. It's going to sell tickets. Yeah. But, and, and how long can you ride that for bro? Like that's yeah. a lot of usage rate for Luca. <laughs> well, I, you know, he's very young. So that, yeah. that, that, that tunnel, the light at the end of that tunnel is way down there, but uh, you're right. I mean, the wear and tear will start to add up. It is cumulative. We know that shit like eventually luckily for Luca. And I think it's the same for like a guy like Jokic. They don't get above the rim that often, and that's usually when the injuries come into play. But we've seen every single season, I think, Luca has an ankle problem mm-hmm. every single year, and it's and it's because of where he operates, right? People are falling down, and he's trying to get around. Some guys he's stepping on feet or what have you. Uh, that is going to be an issue for him forever, just like it is every ball-dominant guy that gets to the rim. But uh, I think because of his uh, the, the the style in which he plays and, uh, again, being like uh, below the rim for the majority of the time he's out there, that will help him longevity wise. But the thing that you mentioned there, too, is, yes, he has some shooters around him. They got to make some shots, too. Right. That's like, what they have to. They have. To. And that's that's the thing. Right. Like if I'm Luca and I'm looking around, I'm like, I've given these guys 10. We'll just call it a, a round number. I've given a variety of my wing shooters 10 opportunities and they've all 
you shot the bed on them or they made they made one or two. So am I going to really try and 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 hit it, hit them one more time perfectly in the shooter spot to, to see them brick again? Or am I just going to say, fuck this? I'm going to put my head down, back down, you know, get to the paint up and under, you know, whatever, whatever moves that he's doing down there and jack up a, a shot. I think, you know, that's also something that we've seen great players have to kind of deal with. Right. Like uh that level of trust that we just talked about, like allowing other guys to operate with the ball, but then really like going, no, I don't, I've trusted you and you've, and you, you scorned, you burned me. Uh, so now I'm not trusting you again. And I think, you know, Kobe was a great emulation of that during the right after the the post Shaq era, right. Where we had a bunch of, you know, really not, not great players around him. And he was like, I'm not passing to these mother. I'd rather shoot 37 times. Cause he trusts himself. Yes. Right. And I think there's there's something with that to be said for any superstar when they look around, they go, I I don't know if any of these guys want it. I don't know if anyone, any of them can fucking do it when I give it to them. Uh, but clearly, I think there is there's there's got to be some room for growth here. And I think it just starts with um, with their with their defense. And, and I can be honest with with everyone here. That's one thing we don't talk enough about. Luca is is his defense and his lack of defense at times is pretty glaring. So I think something that could help everyone is if he pitches in defensively and shows the trust and, 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 and the team camaraderie to, to really put in a shift defensively more frequently um, because those e- lead to easy buckets for everybody, right? When you, when you're able to D up and you get a turnover or you get a long rebound, that leads to transition. And that leads to Luca being able to fan it out and get those longer passes or catch guys in the corners or what have you, and get the ball moving a little bit. Uh, but certainly when they're when they're not playing defense and they're taking the ball out of the hoop and Luca walks it up the floor, we know what we're going to get. We did have an appearance from somebody we haven't seen in a while two nights ago, Drew. We talked about him a lot during the summer. We were both really excited to see what DeJounte and Trey could be doing in Atlanta. But, you know, I've been big on this lately with the poking of the bear. I mentioned it on our on our on our page a lot. Like I, we got to see. Miles Bridges was throwing shade at at Clay Thompson, and we know Clay doesn't forget anything. He's like a, a freaking is it elephants or whales that remember everything? Elephants, yeah, it's elephants. And Clay elephant never the, forgets. Well, Miles, and I guess it was Mikael Bridges. Excuse me. Um, and I guess Mikael being Defensive Player of the Year and stuff like that. I think you know. I guess you're allowed to talk a little more. He was Defensive Player of the Year, right? He finished second. Second, second. He was Marcus in the, Smart. Marcus, Marcus Smart, Smart won it. Yeah. That's right. Excuse me. But I just kept saying, like, don't poke the bear. You don't want to piss off. You don't want to see Clay in the playoffs. Like, yep. don't poke the bear. And then we saw it with um, with Giannis last week, Giannis and Trez. Like, Giannis had a horrible game, could not hit a free throw to save his life. He goes out after the game, like most players, a lot of players do. Normally they do it at their own house, but he went out in Philly and wanted yeah. to shoot free throws and was really upset that the, they, they, they wouldn't let him. And then Trez, of all people, come out. And start talking shit to the MVP, to the champ. And, t- and I'm took like, his ball, took his t- ball away, took his ball. <laughs> and then, and then was going sideways at his brother, at Giannis's brother about it. And I'm just like, yo, don't poke the bear. Giannis is not the one to be doing that with. Right. right. Yeah. And I, and then when I bring up like the rock, the baby to sleep with, 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 uh, with, Russ, I think that's poking the bear too, like calling people little yeah. and making them look like a baby. It pisses people off. They don't like it. And, I like Trey and I like uh, DeJounte in Atlanta. It's working. It's working better than I thought it was. But then against Houston, against the worst team in the NBA, DeJounte does something so disrespectful DeJounte, like he was during the summer with Paolo, (laughs) shoots a three and then slaps Jabari Smith Jr. on on the head. And I looked at that. I'm like, yo, that is just foul. You do not do that. I, I don't know if they're homies or not, but you still don't do it. And then yeah. DeJounte calling uh, Jalen Jalen uh, Green small and all this shit. And, he, and they were up 16 at the time and they poked the bear and then they come back and lose to Houston. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that was d- disrespectful as hell. Right. And it makes me yeah. not like DeJounte. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, I think it, this has happened to me a, a couple times, but I think there's like sometimes where you're just in the heat of the moment, right? In these games. And we've seen these examples of this happen all the time. I mean, Patrick Beverly bowling over DeAndre Ayton is a perfect example of this, where you just kind of go, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking about this. I'm just acting. I'm just mm-hmm. doing it. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that there was some, some serious trash talk back and forth before DeJounte slapped old boy on the head there uh, because you just don't fucking do that. And, and, and if it came out of nowhere, if there was no trash talk and he just did it, 
that's even like worse to me. Like, I, I just don't understand. And I do think potentially perhaps DeJounte is, is, is just so caught up in the competition and in the moment that he's doing these things that he thinks might be maybe funny or is not thinking about them at all and just acting out, acting out <laughs> for, for whatever reasons. Uh, but yeah, man, this is a series now we've seen this, as you mentioned in the summertime when, when he was, you know, going back and forth with Paolo and then, and then other random guys that were just thrown on jerseys that he was playing in pro-ams with, like doing disrespectful uh, shit though, Drew, like that's what I'm saying. Like, this some... is a continuation of that stuff, right? Like where he bounced the, the head thing when he right. was slamming the head, the ball on the head of the guy. It's like, dude, who does that? And like, Nobody. why, like, what, what is the purpose of this? So um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know if the NBA has levied any kind of suspension on him, but I would not be surprised if they go back and look at that and go, that's a game. You know, that's probably a game suspension. That's a game check. Like, let's let's make sure that you don't do that again. And that, and that he has to know that that's not OK. Right. Like, uh, there's no realm that that's OK. And you said even if they're boys, like I I would never slap one of my like not like that. You know, no. like, like, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to do it. You, you see guys all the time hit a shot and then slap the guy on the ass or whatever. Be like, you know, got you kind of tagged you on that one or, you know, eyeballs, whatever, whatever version of that you want to say that happens frequently. But not like that, man. And it's weird. It's a weird trend. And I hope it stops for Atlanta and for DeJounte. Because one of these times, he's going to pick the wrong dude. That's what it. I'm saying. One of these times, he's going to pick the wrong guy. So he's going at the rookie guys, right? He's right. going at Palo in summer. Yeah. <laughs> Back to what you were saying, though. Like, these are things that I, I've i never even seen people do on the yeah. basketball court. I know. And he's just doing them, right? And it makes you not like them. And people already don't like Trey as it is. And yeah, it's one thing to be talking shit and doing all this stuff against the worst team in the NBA when you're up 16 points. And then you take the L, bro, <laughs> right? You take the L and that's gotta yeah. hurt. So I think I think losing that game was all like Jabari and Jalen and all these guys. Like, I think that's enough get back is yeah. winning that game. Yeah. But, but again, you're going to have to see these guys for a long time. These guys are yeah. young. Houston's right. not, I mean, they're a bad team right now, but they yeah, have all, they, man, Sangoon, my guy. Sang, oh, go ahead. Sangoon. Yeah. No, I'm just saying Sangoon is, he's so good. He's the best player on that team, in my opinion. <laughs> is he yeah, not? You can't, you can't count out his footwork. Something that, that is interesting, though, is like we saw Jabari get into it with Jalen Green. And, and I'm wondering if, if maybe there's something going on with Jabari where he's got a little chip on his shoulder that we're not talking about, that we're not catching, right? Because he was fired up again with even with his own teammates, right? Remember that huddle a couple weeks back where he was oh, yeah. yelling at, yelling at Jalen Green and right. they had to be separated a little bit. And, right. And so I'm thinking maybe there, you know, maybe Jabari started this, right? Because we don't know, right? okay. but conjecture, like there, my guess is there had to have been something that that transpired before Dejounte did something like that. Uh, but it still doesn't excuse what he did. But it is an interesting thing that I'm going to keep watching is like, what, how is Jabari Smith interacting with his teammates and then with his opponents as a rookie, you want to have that chip on your shoulder. You don't want to back down and all that, but then there's a level of, all right, are you taking this too far? And then that's also something that he needs to watch out for if that's the case for Jabari. So I'll be, I'll be watching out for that because, you know, Likewise, when Dejounte picks the wrong guy, it, it'll go down wrong. I think Jabari too. You know, he's very fresh in the league. He he can't be picking fights with everybody that comes across. So we'll see. We'll see what that turns out to be. But uh, something something I'll watch. I just got an update on the iPad that Porzingis is going off right now. He's got twenty nine at the half, six threes. Right, he's thriving wow. right now. He's thriving right now. Um, but something too before we move on to whatever we're doing next. Clay Thompson, congratulations, man. I know you talked about it, but the 40-point game, getting that monkey off your back, I had to feel so good. I love you, Clay, man. Congratulations. That was awesome. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I just love Clay pulling up on the bike. It's it means everything. It means absolutely everything. Uh all right. I know it's been a little while, Drew, but we got to pick our bouquet ballers yep. and our bouquet ballers for the week. I had already kind of mentioned. We talked about Zoo on the on the beginning of the show. I want him to be my bouquet baller. I think it, it, it he doesn't get the flowers he deserves, especially from um, especially from Clipper fans. I'll tell you that much. Zoo doesn't get enough. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but I had somebody else. I have I have um, a, a honorable, honorable mention. Yeah, and it's also it's due to a song that I've been just banging over and over. It's Jeremiah and Neo, but it's. I only want you to love. Makes me think about Yuta Watanabe. 
Okay. Oh, Utah. Who's been killing right now? He's okay. Good, man. So the past past five games for this guy, 16, 20, 11, 11, and three, obviously. But shooting at a crazy rate, his threes have been insane, and they seem to love him in Brooklyn. So I wanted to give <laughs> some flowers to Utah, plus a great name, too. But it, it's working. I mean, he's a big who can shoot threes. I yeah. like it. I wanted to give him some flowers for the week. Yeah, it's big for him because I think the last – uh, recognition he got was on the poster that Ant Edwards dropped on his dome when he was in Toronto. It's nice that he's not in Toronto anymore because that shit shouldn't follow him as much. But it, I want to live on forever, Yuda. That's but a congratulations. Car- <laughs> that's a career ender, bro. That yeah. dunk was a career <laughs> ender. I thought he was going to be bounced out the league after that one, man. But I, you're right though. He's long. He mm-hmm. plays hard. He's bigger than he looks. I think at times too. Like he's pretty tall. What he is. is. Yeah. And and yes, he he's he can shoot. He, he, Plays good defense. Like he's he's a glue guy. Every team needs like four of those. You if you could have four Yuta Watanabe's on your team, you're doing well. It's a um, it's a bright spot for Brooklyn too. They need some something like super positive over there. They do have TJ Warren coming back on the second, which should be yes. should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Yuta, you get you get the flowers from Clips this week. Yeah, what his about you? Minutes are probably going to go down now, but hundred percent. Yeah, still <laughs> still great job, great job. <laughs> Earned your contract. Um, all right, so mine is going to be Jericho Sims. Oh, jump out the gym, Jericho. Yes. Uh, So much was made of Zion Williamson, obviously, for good measure. Uh, And a guy that went under the radar, drafted in the second round, very end of the second round, if I'm not mistaken, is Jericho Sims out of Texas. And this man uh, is like the next coming of DeAndre Jordan and and is probably just as equally as athletic, if not more athletic than Zion Williamson. He's like John Morant in a six foot ten body like Mm. this man is electric. And everyone who listens to this show probably caught a glimpse of the couple dunks that he's had over the last couple of weeks that where his head, he's looking into the rim, dunking with two hands on top of whoever the hell happened to be underneath him. Uh, heaven forbid anyone end up in that position. But this guy needs more time to play basketball for the New York Knicks just for the sake of getting asses in seats and getting the crowd fired up. He's only right now averaging 14 minutes a game. That needs to go up. Because Tibbs doesn't like him. Tibbs doesn't like the young guys, right? Well, he does because he's yeah, he's very much a rough. You know, he's he's still very rough, right? He can't do all the things that Tibbs wants, and he's still working out like how to rotate defensively and uh, use that athleticism to the best of its abilities within the system of of, of the game that the Knicks want to play under Tibbs. But Tibbs at least has to notice that this is this is an asset you have here, and. Uh, while, you know, he is not a jump shooter and he, again, he has a lot of deficiencies. He's still very young, but, uh, when you have that kind of athleticism, you got to let him run. And it's so much fun when they're getting out in transition. So my flowers goes to you, Mr. Jericho Sims, who I sincerely hope to see in the dunk contest this year. That's what I was going to say. Jumping Jericho. Can this guy just be in the dunk contest, just say you're going to be in it. We don't need to see Cole Anthony. I I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind giving Jalen Green another shot at this. I really wouldn't. Yeah, but, sure. But Jericho needs if if you want some pub, like yeah. get in the dunk contest. And yeah. we have talked about the dunk contest to death on this show. So hopefully, maybe some new things are going to change for us this year. Yeah, but, and maybe he he can finally beat his own teammate. Maybe Obi's crown will go to Jericho. It'll stay in house. Oh, that's a that's actually a very good point. Um. All right, so flowers go to Yuda and to Jumpin' Jericho Sims. I promise, Drew, I promise. I got to promise our listeners that we will be back shortly. There won't be another gap here. There won't be another 13 days where we don't. Are we skipping final thoughts? Oh, shit. I didn't even have a final thought. That's okay. If you don't have one, I'm going to leave with with some parting wisdom here. Oh, I want wisdom, Drew. Give me some Okay, all right. Well, uh, for those of you that love basketball as much as we assume you do from listening to this show... Uh, college basketball is up and back again, something we haven't really touched on. But somebody that I want everyone that's listening to pay attention to is a kid from Arkansas. Arkansas always excites me. I've had a couple guys from that that system come through in the last couple of years that I've really been big on. One is Jalen Williams, who is down in Oklahoma City, one of the two Jalen Williams that they have down there. Uh, But this individual here for Arkansas is a freshman. His name is Anthony Black. And he is like a six, seven, six, eight point guard for Arkansas can do everything. Mm. And I immediately reminded me of Josh Giddy, but probably more athletic and even like more stout than Giddy put this guy on all of your radars. For those that like to be intrigued with what, you know, who, what the prospects are, 
I don't think he's going to stay in Arkansas past this year. He's a tremendous, tremendous basketball player. His name is Anthony Black. He's in Arkansas. Check him out. You'll know what I'm talking about. Are you putting stock in this? If he had a top shot debut moment, would you be buying? Would you be buying the stock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, look, man, this is one of those kids that he might not get all of the uh, uh, of the accolades. He might not go in the top five. He may not even go in the top ten. But this is a kid that knows how to play the game of basketball and with his size and skill set will have a long career in the NBA uh, as long as he stays healthy. But he can he can dunk however you want. He can shoot the three. He's a great passer. He's big. He's good on defense. Like he's got everything. So I would say pay the pay close attention to Mr. Anthony Black. Oh, you heard it here fruit first. Drew Drew called it. So we'll all be watching that, Drew. Can I do my can I do my outro now? Do we have Yeah, yeah. Else? Sorry. I had to get that off my chest. I Well, I, no, I I, it's my fault. How do I forget final thought? Like how do <laughs> It's been a rough week, guys, okay? You guys don't even know the half of what what else is going on besides health. But we're going to figure it out, but we promise we're going to be back shortly. Uh we're going to have a show here in a couple of days, but we appreciate everybody that's listening to us. Follow us on at Clips and Drew. Uh, check out our stories, which have been, again, just so lit. The pictures that we got putting up there, the behind the scenes, check them out. Follow at Drew the Right Thing, at Clips555. Follow basketballnews.com. Check out the website. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is.